This is the 99 Black Podcast. All right, I want to come right out the gate. I want to know what's on your mind, guys. So this week, I have been pondering all types of things as we try to get ready to to do um, this topic today. And so we have Cassie is with us. Hey, everyone. And we have Connor as usual. Hey, guys. And we're discussing uh, this topic of um, who is Jesus. And so we're going to get into that in just a second. But I've been thinking a lot about this idea of spiritual warfare as me and you, Connor, we've been, this is new, right? Mm -hmm. This is a new uh, adventure and it comes with this weight. And Cassie, you are employed with a church. So you like full-time ministry doing that. You have ministry with, with our family that you do. And I feel like there's this weight that comes to it that, I don't know, a lot of time gets glossed over because it's like, oh, you just like talk about the Bible. You just tell people about Jesus and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what what type of effects, have you felt any effects of like preparing week in and week out for this type of thing? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like uh, it's, um, well, spiritual warfare, I never really experienced it. Um, and I've mentioned to you before, maybe, the enemy didn't have a reason to to pursue it at the time. Maybe I wasn't reading enough. Maybe I wasn't uh, grounded in my faith. I wasn't pursuing God's word daily, right? So the enemy's like, I don't have a, I have a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but soon, quickly, I started to realize, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, you know, just a mental battle daily, um, just, you know, this heavy weight, I started dealing with anxiety. I started dealing with, um, you know, just this all like comes from like having to prepare. Well, it's a responsibility, right? So like it's a trying to talk about God's word should not be taken lightly. Um, Mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to teach somebody, um, because at the end of the day, I don't want to tell you what Connor thinks. I want to, I want to tell you what God is speaking through us, right? Like I want to, I'm reading this and I'm saying, Lord, guide me through this and like, make sure that none of my own personal intervention is on this, that this is all you. And so with that comes weight and comes stress and comes uh, a heavy heart, which I do it. I still pursue it because I love it. Um, but I, I deal with that. Probably week in, week out. And it's also like you know that not everything you're saying people are going to like. Yes. And, um, I mean, I, I've, I've experienced this multiple times. You usually get it on social media pretty heavy mm-hmm. if you interact with anybody there. Uh, but, you know, you're you're making truth claims here. You're, yeah. ma- you're making claims that what you believe is right and mm-hmm. what the other person believes is not right, that it's wrong, right? And, and, and the, so people don't like that. And the other thing is, like, I look at it like a tightrope, like, I'm walking on this this very thin line of like I love you and I want you to like me and I want you to know I care about you, mm-hmm. but I also do not want to step away from doctrine and I'm not going to sway away from that. And so that's the thing of like how do I per how do I you know tell someone hey you're not you're you're living you're living in center this is what God is saying about this and it hurts them. You know what I mean? That's yeah, heavy I, as I a try person. to just tell people that, you know, 
I don't agree with everything the Bible says, mm-hmm. but I live by I, you there know, you go. I live by what the Bible says. But um, God's ways are not our ways. Absolutely. And, you know, as much as I might not like something, I'd have to live by it. Cassie, as someone that has worked um, in ministry, uh, officially like paid staff for four years, uh, someone who kind of bucks the system by homeschooling your kids, what 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 do you feel like when it comes to spiritual warfare or maybe I should phrase it like, do you feel like there's an extra weight of just um, things that you can't see that kind of come against you or just ways you like your days might feel harder because of the things that you believe in and the things that you're pushing forward to? Um, I think there, especially nowadays, there's a lot of weight for anyone who is in ministry or doing what I do, like homeschooling. There's this push of you're weird you're wrong, and I don't know. I feel like people, if you homeschool, they automatically assume that you hate, you know. Public schoolers. Public schoolers, <laughs> and that's not true. Um, no, it's just like a decision to try to lead the, you know, we believe in Christ. and This we is the best way for me to lead my children. Right, we're like, it's the most Christ-centered decision that we can and make. And I feel a weight, like I feel anxiety, I feel, you know, all the things that I think moms feel like I'm not doing this right. I'm not teaching them enough. You know, am I teaching the right, the the right things? Um, And then with ministry, you just, there's the weight of, you know, am I doing a good enough job? Like, am I, especially with volunteers, like I'm, you know, a kids coordinator, but I really coordinate adults. Right. Mm. Yeah. The name, the name is kind of deceiving. (laughs) Like, I'm really a volunteer coordinator. Right. Um, and so just making sure that I'm leading those people well, too, because I am I am a leader. So just making sure that, you know, my people are good and spiritually. and Yeah, you have to do your due diligence as the leader. And to but also making sure that I'm spiritually good. Yeah, and that's, that's where the weight comes in because, uh, you know, we don't claim to be more spiritual than the average, like I say, the average person, we are the average people. And we're not perfect. No. And right. um, like, you know, one thing that I pray for is that people, people will show us grace. Yes. Um, because we're not perfect. We're, but we're trying to interpret um, the word of God that we believe is inerrant. So we're trying to I think people, just navigate it. People look at if you're trying to be like Christ. So we're trying to live perfectly, but even though we fail, mm-hmm people automatically look at you like, oh, you just think you're perfect and you're better than me. But -hmm. that's not true. Right. That's not how we feel. And so one of the reasons, I mean, I've just, sometimes I just feel it, you know, sometimes I just feel this weight to get it right and to, you know, almost to entertain and stuff. But, um, and there's this big mix of emotions that comes with it. And we're talking about this topic of who is Jesus. And there, there is no lack of burden that comes along with putting your voice into a microphone and telling whoever listens who Jesus is. Like, mm-hmm. because you are making a claim against a lot of people with some exclusive remarks that we're going to make about what the Bible says. And that is our source. Mm. That is the only source that we are referencing for this discussion, right? Because we believe that the Bible is true and we believe we're going to live by it. And we are the black sheep of culture when we do that. Nothing makes you more black sheep than thinking that the this two thousand uh well the 
the New Testament is 2,000 yeah. years old, but like the Bible that's thousands of years old, mm-hmm. and you live by that thing, and you believe Jesus rose from the dead, and you're going to actually like apply all this stuff to your life. Oh, and on top of that, you're going to tell everybody that it's true, and you're going to talk about it and try to teach it. So it comes as weight. And so we're, we uh, were talking last uh, time about um, the 12 tribes, mm-hmm. uh, the 12 tribes of um, Jacob, uh, or 12 tribes of Israel because his name was changed, right? So he has all these sons and uh, their names. I Did you see that uh, Instagram thing I sent you today? I did not. You are so I'm slack. slack I, I try to send you stuff, and you're like, yeah, I'll definitely look at that. But here, well, you I, also send like 100 things <laughs> in one day. Thank you, Cassie. I sent him two Cassie, things. Cassie's going to be a permanent guest from now on. <laughs> She's vouching for me. I sent him two things, and also now I send something all day long. No, I was actually very busy today. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. But so I, I, found, I came across this uh, girl who um, was – put out the the different meanings and there I have another reference to the meaning we talked about name meanings how yes. like what does Connor mean well I don't do yeah. you know what Connor means well, we talked uh, about we didn't uh, mention it last time big tall white-skinned <laughs> ginger <laughs> very pale ginger is what I thought it meant Cassie Cassie does your name mean anything if it does I don't know uh, I know mine just means West Meadow that's all I know but um maybe that's how, why I like being outside yeah in the trees that's it. um it was preordained from the beginning <laughs> of time. But so this girl is like laying out the 12 sons that Jacob had that we talked about last time. And we talked about how they were all leading up to the line of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And um, their names were Reuben, uh, Simon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, uh, Isaacar, Zebulon, Joseph, and Benjamin. And this was the really cool part that when you lay out all their name meanings in a row, mm-hmm. it says, Behold, a son is born to us, the one who hears us and who is attached to us. Praise the Lord. He judged our struggle and brought us good fortune, happiness, reward, honor. He added us to his family and called us sons of righteousness. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> you would think that that speaks to God's sovereignty, which what? we've been hitting and on. It's crazy. It's, it, that's, uh, I've heard um, the same thing with like the prophets, how their names will, will portray a message. And you're seeing... That this isn't just, um, oh, like this is just by random. This is this was laid out. In that was God's a new, plan. This that isn't was new. just New Testament stuff. Like this is Old Testament. Yeah, that's yes. that's Old Testament. I've got another one for you, and yes. I think I've told you this one before. This one is a little more well known. If you go through the lineage of Jesus through Adam to Noah, mm-hmm. if you put all their names together, it says, "Man appointed mortal sorrow." And the blessed God descending to teach his death shall bring despairing comfort and rest. Now that gives me goosebumps. What? It's crazy, man. So it's almost like Jesus has been prophesied about in the Old Testament mm-hmm. um, through multiple messages, through their names, through the people that God was using. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. And so as we're talking about who is Jesus, Jesus was foretold, right? Not only is Jesus foretold, Jesus has been existent. From the beginning. And so that's where we're gonna that's what we're gonna talk about. He wasn't created. He wasn't <laughs> he created, was and, created and we're gonna Thank you. and we're gonna get it and that, you know, someone disagrees with you right now that you said that because But there, there is scripture to back it up. Yes. Yeah. And so there are different religions other than Christianity. Mm-hmm. I'd say every other religion believes that Jesus was either a nice guy, all these different things, but he definitely was not God. Mm-hmm. and not God's son because God doesn't have a son. And yeah. so we'll talk about that. 
Um, we want to we wanted to just jump into John one one because we went through the we went through the Old Testament in Genesis. What was the very first thing we did? In the beginning, God created, right? Yep. And so we see this again. And I just want to read it. Uh, I have my um, NLT version right here. So uh, sorry to all the King James only folks, but just bear <laughs> with me. I love you guys. All right. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Mm. So who is the word here? Well, the word is Jesus, bird. right? Bird, bird, bird is, is the word. word. <laughs> the word is Jesus, right? Um, and I'm glad that you you bring this up. I've had a lot of people. Um, so John saying, you know, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. And so we know as Christians that that's Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we can know that is if you go to John 20, it's like sums up the gospel message. John, that's all John's trying to do here. Yes. He's trying to point you to who Jesus is. Yeah. And so that's why we pull that out. You say, well, you just pulled that out of your hat. But no, um, the whole book of John is pointing to this fact mm-hmm. that John is trying to tell you who Jesus is. And so that's why he starts yeah. out this way. And so I got to talking to a, a guy about our episode, you know, just kind of talking to him a little bit. And he was like, well, if we know that the word is Christ, why didn't, why wasn't it written in the beginning you know, Christ already existed. Why didn't he just go ahead and sit that out? So I got to dig in a little bit. And what's really crazy. And this, Was this in between reading about idols and whatever yeah, other uh, weird yeah. things you read about? So I get to reading and I, I try to, one thing I'll say for anybody who's studying the Bible, um, every now and then just check what the Greek words are, what the Hebrew words are, especially for the Old Testament, Greek for the New Testament, because they have a deeper meaning. Our, our English language, I hate to break it to you, is not the most um, deep language. It's, it's limited. It's I very mean, limited. You look at words like the word love, but you go to Greek, and mm-hmm. there's like, what, six or seven different yes. words for love, yes. agape, love being one of them. But mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about love, it's you ha- kind of have to know that the Greek language had multiple explanations. So with them, like I always say that they take it and they go three steps more, like deeper, right? Mm-hmm. So... The word, our English word, the word for Greek for word, which is, that's a mouthful. The word for Greek for word, okay. (laughs) Um, Is logos, right? And so when John's writing this, and I just wanted to make sure this is understood so we could really get a clear picture of what John's writing, is that um, that word logos was a common word used in like Greek philosophy and Jewish thought, right? Mm -hmm. So this would have been for both, um, the Jewish audience, which are the people who are God's people, they know the Old Testament by, I mean, by their heart, man. They, 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 they've memorized the scriptures, right? And then the Greeks are the Gentiles who have just, you know, the good news is coming and that they, you know, soon they'll be able to be adopted children of God, which is amazing, right? Because that means that we could be Christians. So he starts this off and I never realized that like, um, for the Jewish thought, right? God's word is often like portrayed as like a personified, um, instrument for the execution of God's will. The way we see that is 
um, in Psalms 33, where it says, Psalms 33, 6, it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and the, by the breath of his mouth, all their host, right? Um, and then in 107, you see this example again of God's word, where it says, where is it? 107, sorry, 107.20. I wanted to make sure I had it right. For those listening, he sent out his word, right? And healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So God's sending out his word. But it's just like, if we understood word, we're like, how is that possible? So you're seeing a personification of this. For the Greek audience, this would have been more philosophical. It would have been, um, like, think of it as, like, without getting too deep into it, think of it as like a bridge between the transcendent God right? Mm -hmm. And then the material universe. So they would have understood like, this is like a bridge between God and the universe. And so John is writing this in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. So what he's saying is that for the Jews, he's pointing back, he's pointing them back to the old Testament saying like, Hey, this is like, this is God. Like Christ is God's word. Well, they had, that's, they had to have it tied in that way. Yes. If you weren't using the Old Testament to say who the Messiah was, then yeah. they weren't going to be about it. So he's pointing them back to it, but then it goes a deep, it goes a step further where he's saying that it's not just simply a personification of God's revelation, but it's also God's perfect revelation of himself in the flesh. So he's, yeah. he's making that clear for the Jewish people. And then for the Gentiles, the Greeks, Jesus is not just a, like a mere mediating principle, um, like the, how the Greek philosophers would have perceived this. Oh, he's just a mediating, mediating principle. It would have been, but this is actually his personal being, like fully divine and fully human at the same time. So that's why it says the word, right? Mm -hmm. For us, if you want to make it super easy, you just look back at Genesis. We read it in our last episode um, where he's saying in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth um, and the spirit. And then it, later on, it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the faces of the water. And then what does it say in verse three? And God said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's God word right there. So instead of this deep philosophical, this deep meaning for the Greek word and going to that, it says it in verse three of Genesis that, and God said, and then he created everything through that. So what does that mean for us in simple terms? That Christ is God. Right. That's not. And that's why it was written this way. It's not for just their audience, but it's also for us to understand that Christ is God. So how can how can Christ be God if God is one? Because Isaiah 43 says that um, there is one God. Deuteronomy says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's all these references of God being one. Um, and so how is it possible? Where are you getting this idea from that God is more than one? The Trinity. Uh, but the Trinity is not in the Bible. The, the word Trinity is not in there. It's right. <laughs> so the word Trinity, like I said, our first of all, if our English language, the only way we can really make sense of this is Trinity, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you see clearly in Genesis the triune God. You see the Father, God. you know, how it's saying the Father, the Holy Spirit. You see the Father, you see the Holy Spirit doing something. Yes. And then when John's connecting this and saying, where it says, and God, and he's speaking everything into creation, that's the word, which the word is Jesus Christ, which therefore 
Jesus tells us he is the son, right? So there you go. There's the Trinity right there. You got you the son. You can't sign. have one without the other. Yes. Three. And it's hard. It's really a, it's a, it's a heavy. So, well, Cassie has a good point that she had told me earlier in the weekend. I'll let her get to that in just a second. But Trinity, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. We know that, right? Yes. But is God omnipresent? Yes. Is God omniscient? Yes. Um, those words are not in the Bible. Yeah. So the the thinking and the the practice is is that yes, this English word is not in the Bible, mm-hmm. but all the characteristics are explained. So no one's going around saying no. The God of the Bible is not omnipresent. It's like oh yeah he yeah that's true. But how'd you get that? Because I read scripture and all the scripture says all these mm-hmm. attributes of God that he is um, omnipresent. So in the same way, uh, we identify that who Jesus is. Jesus is God from some scriptures that we're going to go through in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I did want to tackle this idea of Trinity um, very briefly and just know that we are not trying to go to the deepest level of understanding on this yes. podcast. Uh, we're trying to scratch the surface. I want to intrigue you to go like look more into this and get a better understanding. But this is basic doctrine mm-hmm. that the apostles were teaching, right? And so we're just trying to help help you understand a little bit about what the Trinity is and also what it's not. So mm-hmm. the Je- uh, Jehovah Witness Bible is called the New World Translation, and they take the scripture, and every time they get to these verses about Jesus, they actually twist it. And they put an extra word in there, which is actually just one letter, A. And they say, in the beginning was uh, the word, and the word was a God. Yeah. All right. So here's the biggest problem with that. Let's say that you're, you, you have the best transcribers or whatever when you're figuring out what this says. How can the word be, if Jesus is a God, well, that, my friend, is tritheism, mm-hmm. where... God is no longer one. So how can you look at all the verses that say that God is one? And I haven't heard anyone disagree, especially Islam, uh, Mormons. Everybody's saying that God is one. Mm -hmm. But then at the same corner of your mouth for Jehovah Witnesses, you can say that, uh, you know, that he is a God, which is implying multiple gods. Yes. So there's definitely a problem there. And if you're a Jehovah Witness listening to this, send me a message and I would love to hear your explanation. I've heard some I've heard some already. Mm-hmm. Um and they're not good. Sorry. Uh and so there there's one more thing that I want to explain. So tritheism is this idea of like, I don't know, Greek let's think of Greek gods. Zeus, mm-hmm. Hercules, and I don't know Greek gods. But uh <laughs> not worthy. But they're three separate people, right? They're not one entity. So when we talk about um the Trinity, we're talking about three in one, that God is one being presented to us in three persons. Mm-hmm. There is nothing on this earth like this, nope. and every analogy you're going to try to use is considered heresy. So a, po- a couple popular ones that you might have heard, um, ice, uh, water, and steam. Those are three things. But see, God can't be like those things because... Um, Ice can't be at the same time that steam is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's called modalism. Another one would be like an egg. You got a shell, you got a yolk, you got the um, uh, the white. Mm-hmm. And so, but those three things don't exist at the same time. They exist separately from each other, but when they're separate from each other, they're no longer an egg. They're yeah. an egg shell, you know. So, so that's called modalism. And they're, I'm sorry, you know, I wish I could tell you there was a perfect analogy. There's none. But imagine something that exists out of, 
space and time and matter. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. God is the creator. So um, if, if he has something that we don't have in this earth, there's no way that our little, like you say, three-pound brain can um, <laughs> understand this. But there is something really important to note about the importance of this idea of the Trinity and who Jesus is, and that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father exist all together. Cassie, you had some comments on that. First was the Father aspect that you told me a little while ago. Yeah, so God, so what I read was God could not be love if there was no one to love. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... And it, he he cannot be a father if there is no son. Yeah, so why do... why? Why is everyone calling him Father God? Mm-hmm. I guess they're just like, you're my father. But th- this p- implies a son. Um, if you go to Proverbs 30, verse 3 and 4, it talks about uh, who makes the wind and who makes the, all this stuff. And it says, what is his name and who is his son? Mm-hmm. This is in Proverbs. So it's like you get through Proverbs 30 and verse 3, and you're like, yeah, this is definitely talking about God. And then it says, who is his son? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like this is foretold, you know, that God has a son. Um, and what the point you're making is that love doesn't exist in a, uh, a single God, like, like what we would say, what we understand about Muslims with, uh, Allah just being one God, um, one person within Mm -hmm. God. Uh, the problem that we see is that in order for God to love, he has to, he can't, it's not genuine love or what should I say, pure love, if he has to create you first mm-hmm. before he can love. So basically, he's just somebody around for millions of years and then he creates you. So now he knows how to love. How does he know to love? Because he can love within himself. The father loves the son, the son loves the spirit, the spirit loves the father, the spirit loves the son. And so they exist eternally uh, together. How that works? <laughs> that's God. We're and God's not his name, yeah. right? So we're just referring to him as his title. And when we talk about Father and Son and Holy Spirit, these are their titles. These are their roles within who God is. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the Son of God. And a lot of people will be okay with that terminology yeah. uh, that are not Christian. Um they would say, "Yeah, sure, he, he said, you know, uh they might not agree that he is the son of God, but they'll say, yeah, he definitely said that. Yeah. Um, but the son is the role in which he is playing throughout, hu- in, first of all, his human form. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's praying to the father because fa- the father is still in heaven and he is on earth yeah. in a human body, right? And so he takes on, er- he takes on flesh on our behalf to do all- and then does the work of the gospel message that we preach. And so, um, you know, but in order for God to love, God is love, right? That's what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. We see it a couple times. I think it's in John. And uh, if God is love, he had to love before he created you. Absolutely. And so I'm not sure how you can say that God is love if he's not trying, if he, mm-hmm. if there was nothing, no one to love before creation. So And also, so and I just wanted to make this one statement and make it clear. The Trinity is concrete, right? Yeah. If you don't believe or acknowledge the Trinity, then I you get what I, I tell Wes all the time, Swiss cheese theology. Yeah. It's very patchy. It's it's not solid. It's just 
you, you can see right it's it, you can see right through it if if Jesus isn't God then we are seeing a person who is either crazy or we're seeing someone who Which is he was labeled many things yeah or is deceitful and and, and that's not Jesus at all and that's the th- I w- did want to mention that up that's the three L's that um I can't remember if it's C.S. Lewis that said this uh but that Jesus is either Lord so mm-hmm. he's either who he said he is, he's a liar, or he's a lunatic. So mm-hmm. he's crazy. That's the three L's. So just think about what the claims that Jesus made. Yeah. He can only fall in those three categories. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked about the evidence for the resurrection. That kind of debunks a lot yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the mess around that. But um, he and, has to be one of those three. And so the reason why we're kind of harping on this is because if you read the Bible— through the lens of, of acknowledging the Trinity and believing the Trinity, not just acknowledging it, believing it, this makes sense. You will start to see, oh my gosh, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is also the same spirit that, you know, came into the apostles and, and performed great works. And, so and now lives in believers. Now lives in us and, and is making us anew. Oh my gosh. Like, and then it also gives you comfort because you start to realize I can't do this by myself. And I'm so thankful that God's spirit is living within me because if I tried to do it on my own, so this, this is not only concrete, but this, this is giving you hope. This is giving you comfort. This is giving you truth, (laughs) you know? So that's one thing that I think, um, I guess we got to make clear on the podcast is that we're not going to sway away from the Trinity. This is not something that is up for debate. This is truth, and this is something. This is not a man-made doctrine. This yes. is this is man pointing to what God has already put in His Word, and and we've put a word around it to um, identify it. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's probably not the perfect terminology, but it's the it's the only terminology we have. Absolutely, I think it should also give us, like you said, comfort knowing that He is He is God, but He was also human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like He went through everything we went through, and like. I was reading something that said, like, Jesus is God, but he doesn't know everything God knows. Mm. Like he during during his time on earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah. didn't he doesn't know the he didn't know the exact hour or day mm-hmm. when he was when he's gonna come back. Yeah. yeah. It's like when he put on human form, he also put on like a veil over his eyes. It's like putting on a blindfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I put on a blindfold, am I blind now? Well, I'm not blind. I just can't see because I have purposely restricted my vision. I could easily pull the blindfold off and now I can see. But um, he chose to put on flesh. He chose to limit himself. What's the, what's the thing you say all the time? Like if we were cockroaches, God became a cockroach yeah, so, amongst the know, cockroaches. My biggest fear is we call them water bugs around here. Yeah. In South Carolina, <laughs> but like, they're roaches. Disgusting. I I'm deathly afraid, and so because of our sin, that's we are dirty. We're like icky, you know, mm-hmm. to God because He is perfect, righteous, and holy. And so, imagine me being uh, perfect like God, just for this analogy, please. And then I, you know, I had this view of roaches that they're dirty, and so in this way, God comes down. And it's like me saving a bunch of roaches. Mm-hmm. I'm like me sacrificing my life for the filth, right? Yeah. You know, God doesn't see, like God sees our sin as filth. He doesn't see us as filth, right? Mm-hmm. He sees us as made in his image. And he sees us worth worth uh, dying for, obviously, because he, yeah. he did it. Um, in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, 
it said that God purchased us with his own blood. And so um, God loves us. And I, the term, the phrasing of that verse, I'm trying to turn to it. Acts 20, verse 28. Um, if you're trying to, if you're trying to figure out who uh, Luke is saying Jesus is, so guard yourselves and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flock, His church, purchased with His own blood. Mm. He said God purchased us with His own blood. So then, who is Jesus? God. It's clear. Like <laughs> yeah. if. if Acts 20 says God purchased us with his own blood. Uh, Luke knew what was up when this yep. was being written. Um, and there's all these verses that that do this. One of the biggest comebacks that people say, well, Jesus never said I'm God. Uh, actually, mm. he did. He just didn't say it the way you wanted him to say it. Yeah. Um, there's a verse in John chapter 8. At the turn, I don't have any bookmarks in here. I, <laughs> I, we need to grow the podcast budget. <laughs> to uh, fund for some bookmarks. Uh, John chapter 8, um, I think it's verse 24. Let me see here. Uh, verse 24, um, yeah, he says, that is why I, this is Jesus talking. That is why I said that you will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be. And I am is is the I am as in. So it's an exodus. I think it's exodus where um, Moses in the burning bush, he, he says. Exodus 3. He says, Lord, like, how will I tell these people who you are? And he says, I am who I am, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's saying, so when Jesus says that, he's talking to these people who would have known that scripture. And also, for our benefit, he's saying it right there, clear as day, I am. Like, he says it again in the same chapter, verse 58. Jesus answered, or actually I'll, I'll back up to 57 when they're asking. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even 50 years old. What are you talking about? How can you say that you've seen Abraham? He says, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Mm. Notice that he didn't say before Abraham was born, I was. Yeah. No, it's because it's the title for who God is. Mm. I am. He is the I am. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what do they do after this? Do you remember the story, what they, what they did when he said this? They started chunking rocks. Oh yeah, right. They were they were like, um, no, because why would why would they want to kill Jesus? Why would they try to run him off a cliff if he was just saying, oh, I'm just like a prophet of God? Yeah, they would have. Well, it also um, because there was truth. They he they knew that this man was telling like point putting it in their face and was not swaying from it, and like it says it. Um, in verse 10 of this, of, of John one, it says, um, he came to his own people and they rejected him. Not like they just didn't acknowledge him. They didn't want to hear it. They were just kind of like, whatever they rejected it. So there, yeah. there's some truth there and you just don't want to hear it. There's a difference between, Hey, I just, I, I don't want to hear you. Like there's a difference between you're just being crazy and kooky and like, shut up or, like, you know, that person's right. As a kid, did you ever like, um, put your hands in your ears and you're like, la, 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 I'm not listening. Cause you know, Cassie does that to me. Like all the time, <laughs> yeah, you know, that that's truth. You just don't want to acknowledge it. You, you're rejecting it. You're like, ah, no, nope, nope, nope. Same thing here. These people like were rejecting the truth that I said, um, 
and also I wanted to point out that too, is that, so it says he came into the very world he created, but it didn't recognize him. Right. So that's one, which, you know, I can, I could, I could understand that. Right. Hey, you don't recognize Jesus. This is new. This is coming, but it's been prophesied, but he definitely didn't look the way that they were anticipating. They were anticipating somebody different, but he came to his own people. And I was like, came to his own people. Like I've heard that many a times, but it's like, hold up the God who God who released his people from slavery, walked them across the desert, fed them, Mm -hmm. gave them bread, gave them frosted flakes out the sky, out the sky, water (laughs) from the rock. That God came to you in the flesh amongst you. And you, and you want to reject that. Like he, so like, you're seeing time after time with the Jewish people, like, and they're still doing it today. Time after time, they, every time God wanted to pursue a relationship with them, because like, I, I, cause th- this is why I'm, I'm bringing this up is because if Jesus came to this earth as a non-Jew, I could give, I could see the benefit of the doubt for the Jewish people. I could say, okay, well, you know, it, he came as a, you know, an Asian man or something like that. Like they weren't like, I can understand why they rejected it. Cause it's like, right. Oh. Because they're like, no, that, that he's gotta be it, it, from Israel. Right? Yeah. But he came through his sovereign plan through the 12 tribes of Israel came to you in flesh and you, and he used scripture to prove who he was and perform miraculous miracles. And you still didn't want to acknowledge it. You yeah. still rejected it. That's crazy. That's heavy. After this, after this verse, it says that his own people rejected him, and I have the next verse underlined, and I remember when I underlined this because at the time uh, in ministry, this was a ministry underlining that feeling rejected, mm. kind of feeling dejected, just kind of feeling down, but then what a message of hope. So if you're out here listening and you're feeling rejected, Somewhere, know that verse 12 of John chapter 1, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave right to become children of God. So no, no, you might feel rejected, but he's, he was rejected on our behalf. Mm. And we don't have to be though. We are now called children of God. I think it's important to note that, you know, the term children of God gets thrown around a lot. But if you're not a follower of Christ, you're not a child of God. So just because you're a person that exists, you're not a child of God, but you can be. Mm-hmm. He's made a way for you, and they are reborn, not with physical birth. We, we'll see this when we get to Nicodemus. It's not with physical birth uh, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And then it says, so the word, this is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Jesus became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about. So we'll talk more about John the Baptist coming up. John the Baptist was paving the way. And uh, who, who is from the tribe of Levi? So yeah. through the, more, the more sovereign, tribe talk. there's the sovereign plan again that God had through his through the mess of people that we had just talked about in previous episodes from the descendants of this tribe. He sent a man who was not the light, John, and John clearly states, I'm not the light, but to pave the way, to, to profess and say, hey, like you need to repent. You, this is coming, right? That's, 
like this is I I just like if you know if you want clarity and understanding you know it doesn't take a, a scholar to understand like what we're reading right now is is simple layout in front of you um and it 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 it, it speaks back to God's sovereignty that this was laid out way before we had anything to do with it, way before we had anything to believe. God had already planned this out since creation. In verse 17 and 18 uh, of of John chapter 1 that I'll, I'll end this little passage with is, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. He's saying God has made Jesus known, and we know him now. Um, Jesus remarks in Revelation, he says, I am the Alpha and Omega. Thomas calls him my Lord and my God. John talks about him being in the beginning. Mm. And so, long story short, we've we've said it plenty. We've stated the fact that the Bible is saying that Jesus is God. And then if you fast forward to John 3, uh, 16, this is the verse that everybody knows, you know, for the most part. Actually, a lot of people don't know it anymore. It's starting to, yeah. starting to fade. But this is the message that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so when we talk about his son, this is the role that Christ plays within God. So don't get hung up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a title. Uh, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That whoever you are, that you can do no work of salvation. Mm. You can't you can't pray on a rug and face a certain direction and uh, so many times a day and be absolved. Your your sin is only paid for through Christ's blood, and God Himself is the only one that could atone for that. Mm. So we don't depend upon Jesus as a good guy who died for our sins because if He's just a good guy, then there is no covering. Mm-mm. Only a perfect God can take our place so there are many standards of good right every everybody has a standard of good i have my own personal standard i think that makes you a good person but at the end of the day all i have to do is read scripture and see how many times i don't even come close to that cassie will attest to that (laughs) i mean she she's married to me so she sees my flaws and she knows i'm not a perfect person and and thank you for the amens (laughs) uh and so um but no person probably has the exact same standard. There is only one standard, the standard of measure, which is a sinless, holy God who comes and takes our place. So if you're out there and you're like, I don't get what the deal is with Jesus. So we're laying out, the, we've been laying this out. We continue to lay out a, a foundational work of what God's been saying. Genesis, there was creation. Mm-hmm. In creation, you were thought about. Yeah. In creation, you were planned for. But in creation, he knew you'd fall. Like, mm-hmm. it's like my kids. I know, like, I can see it coming when they're about to make a bad decision. I can see it coming when they're about to lie. And they haven't quite figured out how to hide it yet. They're not <laughs> old enough. How do you know? <laughs> but, you know, I still love them, and I just want them to do mm. right. I just want them to know me, like, as their dad. I just want them to know that they're loved. And uh, I want them to know that I want to forgive them, but, like, they have a part to play in being repentant for forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. So. We're explaining this message that God had creation. He planned for you. Mm-hmm. He knows you, and he wants you. Mm-hmm. But he also gives you the freedom 
to choose him or not. And yeah. he's not going to force himself on you if, yeah. you if you don't want that. But he blessed us by giving us that's the opportunity. A, that's like what JP said. He's a gentleman. Yeah. He doesn't force himself on you. Well, it says, right. uh, it said right here, like you, you spoke to it uh, at verse 12. He gave the right to become children of God. He didn't, like, he's not forcing you. It's, you got a right now. Like, if, but all who believed in him and accepted him, that's the right, right? That's the good news. There's also the, the, what comes after that is that, you know, repentance and like the fruits of the spirit. And we'll get this in, in the gospels, but like just by believing and accepting him, now you have the right to become the child of God. That's, and then it, you see proof in, in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that yeah. whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so one thing I wanted to comment before we close out is that right here, John one, we're seeing plenty of proof that Jesus is God, Right. And we're, we're expressing that so heavily because we want to give you a concrete foundation that is solid. You're not going to, it's not going to crumble. It's not going to, it's not Swiss cheese theology, but also like, it's like the next question is, well, how do you know? Well, as we go through these gospels, you will see some miraculous things that only God could do. Yeah. Right. Jesus proves himself time and time to these people who still will reject him. Yeah, it's funny. Like, the Pharisees, they didn't seem to be bothered by the miracle. They yeah. were more bothered by, like, his claims while doing the miracle. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't even seem to throw them off. They're like, oh, yeah, he healed all those people. But you're also saying this is, like, just completely ignored. But, yeah, we're going to get to some pretty great stories in Jesus' ministry. Cassie, do you have anything else to, to add to this? She said, nope, that was That was it. And I do think that we've done a, a pretty adequate job of kind of stating our understanding of this passage and uh, in John chapter 1. And we have a lot of hope going through um, more of these Gospels as we kind of explore what the Bible's teaching, that uh, we're praying that um, it'll be beneficial to whoever's listening and know that God loves you and he's known about you from the beginning and that he even knew that even though you might be messed up, you might not feel loved, he does love you, and he offers forgiveness, and he offers salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, thank you, Cassie, for being here again. Thanks for having me. And uh, always glad that Connor's here, too. Uh, hey, don't forget to drop us a review, the algorithm uh, loves when you drop a review. If you think this podcast is good, you need to go review it. Uh, that way more people will hear it. And, of course, send us a message on Instagram and our new email, 99blackpodcast at gmail.com. So check us out there, too. So we look forward to hearing from you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>